Welcome to Behind the Bookshelves. My name is Richard Davis, and this Abe Books podcast is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. Today we're talking about fairy tales. Not Disney or Prince Charming. We're talking blood, guts, murder, cannibalism, revenge, and the stuff that will give you nightmares. We're going back to the origins of the famous fairy tales we all know and love. We're discovering how these fairy tales sounded when they were first told. Let's start with cinders. The Cinderella story can be traced back to China in the 9th century, but the Western world first met the beloved beauty in 1634 when the story appeared in a collection of tales by an Italian writer called Giambattista Basile. With over four centuries between Brazil's story and Disney's animated film, there were many changes, like removing the murder and the mutilation. In Brazil's story, called The Cat Cinderella, Cinderella's father was indeed a widower who remarried. But what modern adaptations don't tell us is that she in fact snaps her stepmother's neck with the lid of a trunk. Sure, the governess told her to, but Cinder's is still a cold-blooded killer. Cinderella's conniving governess then marries Cinderella's dad, widowed for a second time, and banishes Cinderella to the kitchen. Brazil's Cinderella is indeed granted a wish, and attends a grand feast dressed as royalty. She does lose a slipper, and she is pursued by a dashing king. In Brazil's version, the lost slipper fits Cinderella's foot, and the murderer gets her happily ever after. In other earlier versions, Cinderella's stepmother cuts off pieces of her daughter's feet so they might fit into the lost slipper. Even in the Grimm Brothers' 18th century adaptation, the sisters mutilate their own feet before songbirds peck out their eyes. The Disney film is based on French storyteller Charles Perrault's 1697 adaptation. Perrault removed the X-rated stuff and added magical elements, like the fairy godmother. And now Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty first appeared in Brazil's collection of stories. Then called Sun Moon Talia, the 1634 story begins the same way as the animated Disney film from 1959. Baby Princess Talia is cursed with the threat of a splinter and, when grown, is pricked and falls asleep. Everyone knows Sleeping Beauty is woken by true love's kiss, but Basil tells a different tale. A king from a nearby kingdom finds Talia's lifeless body. Taken by her beauty, the king rapes her and impregnates the princess. In her slumber, Talia gives birth to twins, sun and moon. Searching for breast milk, a baby sucks the splinter out of his mother's finger and she wakes up. The king returns to see Talia again and is delighted to discover the fruits of his conquest. It's only a matter of time before the queen discovers her husband's infidelities and orders his babies to be cooked and fed to him. Ew. Unbeknownst to the queen, the cook hides the children and serves goat instead. When the queen attempts to throw Talia into a burning fire, the king gets stuck in and burns his wife alive. 
Talia marries the king and they live happily ever after as predator and wife. It was Perrault who introduced fairies to the Sleeping Beauty story and he replaced the married king with a dashing prince. The prince's mother takes on the role of evil queen and instead of feeding the twins to someone else, she threatens to eat them herself. When the queen attempted to throw Sleeping Beauty into a pit of vipers, the prince saves his bride while his mother jumps to her death in the big finale. Are you getting my drift about what fairy tales are really about? Let's move on to the seaside and the Little Mermaid. This story was written by Hans Christian Andersen in 1837, about 150 years before Ariel was singing Under the Sea with Sebastian and Flounder in the Disney movie. Andersen's Little Mermaid endures a far grizzier life than the bright-eyed Disney Ariel. Anderson's mermaids were soulless creatures, destined to dissolve into sea foam when they died. Terrified of her abysmal fate, the little mermaid craves a human soul in an obsessive way. But as her grandmother explained to her, the only way a mermaid can grow a soul is to wed a man who loves her more than anything. And should the man not marry her, she will die. That's a tough ask for a girl with a fishtail and a strong smell of haddock. When the Little Mermaid spots a handsome prince on shore, her desire to be human gets worse. And as desperate times call for desperate measures, the mermaid visits a sea witch to strike a deal. The witch prepares a magic cocktail and says, Your tail will disappear and shrink up into what mankind calls legs, and you will feel great pain, as if a sword were passing through you. At every step you take, it'll feel as if you were treading upon sharp knives. The witch cuts off the Little Mermaid's tongue for payment. What follows is heartbreak. The prince loves the Little Mermaid, who doesn't say much, but he's flighty and marries another woman. The only way the Little Mermaid can save herself from the Grim Reaper is to stab the prince to death, but she refuses and dies. The end. And now Snow White. You know what's coming. Disney's film closely resembles the versions by Gian Battista and the aptly named Grimm's. But there's a nasty streak in these versions. In some, the evil queen is in fact Snow White's biological mother, which makes her behaviour all the more sinister. Disney didn't censor the evil queen's attempted murders, but the Grimm's version is horrific. It goes, finally, she summoned a huntsman and said to him, take Snow White out into the woods to a remote spot and stab her to death. As proof that she is dead, bring her lungs and her liver back to me. I shall cook them with salt and eat them. Blimey. You don't get that in a Jamie Oliver cookbook. The huntsman kills a boar and brings back its lungs and liver as proof of Snow White's death, and the Queen cooks them up for supper. In the end, Snow White goes all Quentin Tarantino and gets her revenge by making the Queen wear red-hot iron shoes and forcing her to dance herself to death, a sort of never-ending medieval rave. Let's just say these original fairy tales should come with a parental guidance warning. And that's all we have time for this week. Thanks for listening. I hope you sleep well this evening. 
and don't go into the woods alone. My name is Richard Davis from Abe Books. I'll see you next time.